Did you know that your friends from Watch Out for Fireballs are going to be performing live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the Midwest Gaming Classic from April 7th to 9th, uh, probably on that Sunday, the 9th? We would love it if you came out and saw us. Watch social media for announcements of meetups and stuff. That is always a super good time. You can talk to anybody who's been to one. And uh, it is just like a pretty much a big, gigantic love fest, you know, obviously for us because people are there because they like the shows, but every people meet each other and then hang out and then play games online and then talk to each other on Slack and stuff. It's very beautiful and nice. Um, so please do that. Also, please consider supporting my Kickstarter. If you, uh, the link will be all over social media. I'll have it as a pinned tweet on Twitter, uh, at G A R Y B U H. Please consider supporting Atomic, the second Power Worlds book uh, based in Fallout. I got Nick Daniel back. I'm really excited. Uh, it is going to be a good time, and I'm trying to make this cool alternate universe series of these books where there's just a whole series of these little parody cute books that like fit on your bookshelf perfectly with actual Worlds of Power books. Uh, need your help, though, because making books are expensive. Um, I know a lot more this time around than I did last time. And, uh, yeah, so if you would consider supporting that, I'd really appreciate it. And then of course, uh, patreon.com forward slash duckfeed TV is not specifically progress, fo- uh, kind of, a uh, a project focused, but helps us keep the lights on. So we really do appreciate that. Thank you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to watch out for fireballs. It is a games club podcast. Yes. And this week, um, and to accompany our special episode, we're doing a special extra episode where we have asked our listeners to write in with their experiences uh, regarding Nintendo Power and other video game magazines. Yeah. And you guys uh, came out. We really do appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and get us started here with Nathan. Nathan says via contact. My mom bought me a subscription to Nintendo Power when I was a kid. I remember reading and rereading every issue for years, even stuff about games I would never want. Someone wrote in about Dragon Ball Z, and Nintendo Power's response was something about uh, battling Freezer. (laughs) Um, My little self was so incensed by this typo that I drafted a letter educating them about the finer points of Freezer's backstory. I'm very glad I didn't send it. We are very glad you didn't send it as well. Good good, good job. Uh, (laughs) Did you almost say good boy? I did. Um, (laughs) I did almost say good boy. It was a joke. Yeah, they uh, they had a feud with uh, Dragon Ball Z, um, so they they were calling him Freezer as a joke. So right. it's good that you didn't uh, you know correct their their joke. <laughs> right, you um, you would have been part of a greatest hits montage. Like look at all these suckers we baited in. Yeah, even even if you know, even if they, it, taking aside the part of like going to bat, right for right. For, for Freezer's spelling. <laughs> um, yeah, you would have played right into their hands. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I read just any of these issues that I had. I read cover to cover over and over yeah. again. Like, yeah, it was it was kind of crazy. Like, we, you know, I didn't talk about this in like our own experiences, you know, our history with these things. But like, I pretty much always had a, a video game magazine with me, like even at school, it would be nestled in between my math book and my Chronicles of Pern book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I was going to I mean, something we, I, I actually meant to bring this up during the episode and, and forgot, but. Um, similar to the worlds of power books or like, uh, you know, this was a way to take Nintendo with you. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't play game boy now, you know, but, uh, I can, I can, and I can't play my NES, but I can just have this kind of experience and just kind of be immersed in it while being away from my TV, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, like uh, like I would take that and like my friends and I would like pour over them. I would say, hey, have you seen this? Um, yeah, kind of a kind of a real time update. 
I, I, I Instagrammed a picture of my two shelves of EGM and GamePro. Like, oh, I knew they'd come in handy. My mom uh, commented on Facebook, what a wonderful mom you must have. She must have stored them at her house for a really, really <laughs> long time. <laughs> Moms, uh, uh, I, I, I had them. I, like, I, I've had them with me since college. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been at your house for a long time. You didn't store shit. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple. That, okay, there's some, there's some stuff that's still there and a rubber and a rubber made thing in the basement. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She she used the tongue sticking out emote. Oh yes. Yeah, so you can you can you know it was oh, yeah. it was it was good hearted. <laughs> Um, Will writes via contact. If it wasn't for Nintendo power, I probably would never have listened to your show. This magazine more than any single game got me into games because growing up, I didn't have the opportunity to play too many games, but I did have Nintendo power. I was at my parents' house a couple of months ago, and I pulled them out. The first issue I had was the Mega Man 2 one from July 1989. Uh, That would make me five years old and four months before I got an NES. So I credit the magazine with igniting my interest in games as something beyond more than just a toy, because I was exposed to more issues of the magazine than actual games. Also, those Metroid and Zelda Zelda comics were pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I like the Zelda ones a lot. The Metroid ones are kind of samey. The Metroid ones also, um, you know, again, Metroid is a quieter game. Like they, yeah. you know, Zelda two came along and there was dialogue. Metroid never had dialogue until fusion. So like, even as a kid, like it's like, Oh, why is Sam talking to herself constantly? <laughs> right. They also did a weird thing where they drew her helmet as transparent so they could show her facial expressions mm. all the time. Like it took all the kind of like distance that makes Metroid good yeah. and erased it. But the monster renderings are fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then the Zelda ones really lend themselves well to comic form because it was such a like kind of epic adventure feel anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it feels a lot like just kind of a fantasy comic. Mm-hmm. And like the, the the weird little tricks and gimmicks of the different dungeons worked really well for a comic form, uh, like as yeah. a monster of the week or uh, you know a, a temple of the week kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stuart says by contact. I had a subscription for a handful of years in my early teens, but the most important issue was given to me by a friend. I could only see when I went to visit my extended family, maybe twice a year. He was maybe one of my best friends ever at the time, and he gave me issue 31, the one with Return of Samus on the cover. I read that issue over and over, loving every retro detail. The next time I went back there, he had moved. We never saw each other again, but I always keep that issue safe. Are oh. you sure that your friend was not actually a ghost the entire time? <laughs> yeah, or you from the future, or you from the past, <laughs> or like a disguised because that, yeah, that's a whole time traveler's wife kind of feel to it. Yeah, no, it's a it is a very low stakes time traveler's wife kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. the uh, yeah, that, that's very sweet. Yeah, um, and uh, I, I definitely remember passing these things around too. Oh yeah, you know, uh, like it would just be like, oh, can you like loan me this magazine? You know, it's just it's such a like it was it had such a like greater value. Like it's not like you can imagine, you know. Uh, adults passing around copies of time yeah <laughs> <laughs> like no no um, like uh, like a copy of time was something that you kept around so you could wipe your ass in a dire emergency exactly yeah um yeah <laughs> very dire like I've, I've wiped my ass with magazine paper before it's no it's good really it's rough. way too slick yeah. it is way too yeah. slick it doesn't yeah it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't do enough <laughs> it, yeah that, that's i instant instant sense memory <laughs> Uh, man (laughs) Uh, let's see here Brian writes 
If we're talking about uh, entertainment as mass marketing tools, uh, it would be a shame to omit the official PlayStation Magazine and PlayStation Underground. PlayStation Underground was originally a four times a year double disc magazine. Disc one would feature trailers, interviews, and features such as building a simple game from scratch to show off the process. Disc two would be a demo disc featuring many demos from the infamous Pizza Hut demo discs, uh, but often with demos that I never saw anywhere else. After about five years, the magazine folded into the official PlayStation magazine. Uh, The features uh, moved to print, but every month the magazine would come with a new PS2 demo disc. Every time the magazine arrived, it was like Christmas morning. Yeah, that that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, People have suggested doing a special episode on demo discs, and I don't Uh know that I have enough to say about it other than just it, it being something i'm generally in favor of and i thought was very cool yeah i got exposed to so many great things uh through those demo discs well the the great thing was when or one of the best things that could happen is if it was a game with um like a small like iterative gameplay loop yeah like uh like a tony hawk Mm -hmm. thing where it's like oh here's just the first level of tony hawk and like man is there a lot of value just in the first level (laughs) of tony hawk yeah you know and it 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 cries back to like that shareware thing it's like oh the first episode of wolfenstein 3d yeah you know like there's so much value there like it's a demo but it's also something you can play for a long time but yeah games that were really important to me my first exposure to them was often through either a playstation underground or through these opm discs i remember like buying an issue of opm specifically to get the eco demo Mm. um or like my playstation came with a playstation underground demo disc that had a parappa the rapper on it you know, yeah, like, yeah, that's the, another game. That's like you could play that first stage over and over and over. Yeah, and like I mentioned about the full thing, like that is an amazing game, and it's a shame that we're probably never going to be able to do it for this show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The um, one of the, for some reason other than Tony Hawk, my main memory was playing um, like what is it? Like something of the deep, that PS One. Oh underwater. shit! Like the, Treasures the, of the, the deep. Yeah, the scuba the scuba diving thing. Yeah. Yeah, Treasure of the Deep, um, which was like not particularly fun but i played a lot of it no but because it was so yep treasures the deep that's the one yeah um yeah that was that might be worth like an epic suffering kind of thing not because it's bad but just because it's so weird and a chance to revisit yeah 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 possibly for (laughs) sure yeah um yeah so uh is this me or you uh this is going to be you this is brian with an i uh brian says by contact as far as i can remember i never read nintendo power specifically EGM was what got me into video game magazines in the first place, though I don't remember why. All I know was I had a giant stack of them that got recycled during a move. I remember getting the occasional GamePro, uh, though it was my least favorite of the three I regularly got. The one I really loved was the official US PlayStation magazine for the obvious reasons, the demo disc. I would always be excited to see what new games I could try out. The one I remember the most was the one that had a demo for both Guitar Man and Mad Maestro, two games I eventually got. I remember playing those two demos probably an hour a night for at least two weeks. (laughs) These days, I only get Game Informer since it comes with the GameStop membership. I don't tend to fully read them like I used to with older magazines. I usually just look at whatever game I have an interest in and glance at the reviews, but don't put as much stock into them as I used to since uh, I've learned professional reviewers and I don't tend to think or feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it depends. Like uh, One of the things about reading a magazine every month is you get that kind of relationship. Yeah. You know, so I kind of, you'd like know which reviewers to trust or what have you. I trust Sushi X because he's the best at games. He's so good. He has to hide his name. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a secret. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, you'd run into that. And then, you know, that kind of carried through like, uh, you know, the time I was reading a lot of video game uh, magazines, 
you know, I didn't really have that kind of cognition, but at the time that kind of extended forward to essentially, you know, one up yeah.com yeah. as the, the first video game website I really loved. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely took that forward and be like, these are reviewers I like, these yeah. are reviewers I don't tend to agree with. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the secret to having a relationship with a professional reviewer is that like, you just have to, you know, that's one person take, you know, you have to know how to process their opinion and then you have to get to know that person and know how much you should trust it. Yep. And you also have to extend the same courtesy to us. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> yeah no egm was great i love uh yeah i just uh egm was very foundational for me absolutely and then um uh, rounding us out here with calvin who writes there was a string of calvin and hobbs comics in which calvin eats a bunch of disgusting cereal so he can send off the box tops in exchange for a propeller topped beanie that he can use to fly away with He comes home from school every day asking if it came and his mother must give him the bad news that no, not today, but maybe tomorrow. When I was reading the indecisive Calvin Calvin and Hobbes or whatever book it was in, um, I happened to be in a similar situation, replaying an agonizing anticipation, uh, replayed an agonizing anticipation month after month as I raced home, hoping there would be the next issue of Nintendo Power waiting for me. I guess I never paid attention to the calendar dates because I don't recall ever expecting it to arrive uh, on a particular part of the month. I just figured that uh, any day after I receive one issue, (laughs) the next one Mm -hmm. has a chance to arrive. I recall kismet in the air when my buddy from across the street rented some complicated game for the weekend that confounded our six-year-old minds. But fortunately, that very same day, the Nintendo Power arrived with a complete walkthrough. Um, uh, complete with those amazing panoramic views of levels created with stri- uh, stitched together screenshots. Um, I started copying down information found in the classified information sections, and I pulled out the centerfolds uh, to adorn my wall with them. In third grade, I was moved all the way into high school level English in lieu of the standard curriculum. I may have bombed most subjects, uh, but I had a huge head start in reading and writing, and I think I, uh, I think I must owe most of that to scrutinizing Nintendo Power all summer long. After Super Mario Kart was released, I had this idea of what at the time I thought must be the perfect game. I wrote down extensive schematics and crafted tables that compared the kart statistics and map features of what I call Super Mario of what I called Super Mario Kart Custom. Um, I sent this idea to Nintendo Power, and several months later, they responded saying, basically, that it was neat of me to send them ideas, but in the future, maybe I could leave a little room for them to add their own ideas. Uh, they never said that they were just a magazine. I believed that Mr. Bossman Nintendo uh, himself was filling, uh, was filing my letter away for possible future endeavors. I even had the foresight to lock away the first issue of the magazine, uh, which I think was that weird blue clay Luigi question mark. Um, uh, it's in a box somewhere in my parents' house and probably in much worse shape than I remember. Similar to that um, Mario Kart thing or what he thought about him filing it away. One of the things that's interesting is um, I can't remember if we brought this up during the episode, but Capcom would do those Mega Man contests. Yes. Uh, they they yeah. did one of them through Capcom or through a uh, Nintendo power and uh, a lot of the monsters from it showed, or robots showed up from it, oh, yeah. um, even late in later entries. Yeah, so we, it's thought, like they we talked about that. We talked about that during the two and three episode. Yeah, they would they would use them for years after that, though. I didn't know over that part. So they would like yeah. do a contest for Mega Man three or whatever, and then runners up or losers would show up in Mega Man five and six. Yeah, you know, so they they kind of really really wrung everything out of that that they could. Mm-hmm. 
Capcom uses every part of the boy. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I mean, like uh, a couple of times in the uh, in the letter sections, I saw them say like, hey, don't send us game ideas because we're not mm. those people. And also, like, legally, if we open them or acknowledge them and like, like, like that could get us into a lot of trouble that never stopped people from doing that. No, I don't know. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Calvin. Yeah. I don't know if I have too much more to, to add to that. I think that uh, I like that idea of just not knowing when a magazine is going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what, what this makes me think of, especially that like central place that Nintendo Power hold, uh, held in your life, like go back um, and play uh, uh, Retro Game Challenge. Yeah, you know, because yeah, like yeah. like that was Famitsu that they were parodying, but it could very well be any number of these really good you know games from our own past. Like that was one of the things that that game got really really right. Well, and not just really really right, but it's unique. Yep. Like that game that game is trying to emulate a period of life, not just like a kind of game. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I so so good. Yeah, I, I, I love that game. Is the is the sequel worth trying out? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, it, I, it's got um, it's got a really annoying roadblock in it eh. uh, that comes up twice where it has like a Portopia style adventure eh. that is uh, not only is it really boring, but it's based all on in jokes from the show. Ooh, so like, play yeah. it, get to those points, and then just follow a spoiler three free rock through. Yeah, just get yeah. you all the way through it. But it's they introduced their Mario clone or whatever, like Super Devil Man or something like that. Oh, wow. Um, and that goes up to and that uh, game goes up to the Super Nintendo era. So the the final kind of like unlocked game that they have for it is like a Super Mario World, like a short Super Mario World. Oh, shit. Kind of a game. Yeah. yeah. Retro Game Challenge 2 is really good. We uh, we should talk yeah. about that um, on Slack. Not here, but uh, yeah. I want to I want to play that on my actual DS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it, and that would be a good game for the show. Yeah, at some point. Not that we couldn't do Retro Game Challenge One too, because we we talked about that briefly. Um, yeah, like we, like it was, we it was like a th- it was like a third of that episode of the anniversary. I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it is uh, uh it's phenomenal. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there is that third one too, the 3DS one that never got translated, but nobody really likes that one. Oh yeah. Um. So, but um, the second one would be a really good idea for the show. Yeah. So. Anywho, uh, thanks everybody for writing in. If you have things to say about Tomb Raider, Dead Space, SSX, um, hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Yep. Um, if you want to uh, uh, patronize us, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Support this show and many others like it, including File Underwater, our show about uh, the band R.E.M., or Monster in My Podcast, a show about the uh, the monstrous manual for second edition D&D. Yeah, yeah. Check out the other shows on the network. If yep. you just listen to this one, we think you'll like them. Yep. Um, yeah. And then, uh, ratings, reviews, things like that. We've been recording for a while. Yes, we have. So my, my mind is a little bit, uh, <laughs> dragged out, but the, um, you know, you know, you know, kind of know the things to do. Whoa. Oh, so, so somebody's excited. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, the things to do. We really do appreciate uh, the people who choose to do them and we appreciate uh, the people who just choose to listen as well. Yeah. Um, hopefully we will see you at, uh, uh Midwest gaming classic. Yep. Uh, in, uh, April 7th and 9th. I believe in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yep. Watch our social media to find out what we're going to be talking about. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, we don't have any deleted scenes. We got right to business today. Um, yep. So uh, we will see you next week with Tomb Raider. Umbasa. Umbasa. Umbasa.